I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class a show that uncovers a little bit more about history every day. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're looking at a little-known plot to assassinate Adolf Hitler during the early days of the Second World War. The day was November 8, 1939. A German carpenter tried to kill Adolf Hitler. His name was Georg Elser, and his plan was to blow up a Munich beer hall where Hitler was scheduled to speak. The timed explosion did massive damage to the building. It even collapsed the ceiling right above the podium. But when the smoke finally cleared, Adolf Hitler was not one of the casualties. Elser's plan had been a solid one. He knew that every year on November 8th, Hitler held a reception at the Burger Braukeller in Munich. The venue had once been the site of the despot's failed coup, the Beer Hall Putsch of 1923. Once Hitler rebuilt the Nazi party and rose to power, he began returning to the hall each year on the anniversary to deliver a speech to his old guard supporters about just how far they'd come. November 8, 1939, marked 16 years since the putsch and Hitler used the occasion to celebrate Germany's recent invasion of Poland and the beginning of World War II. But what he and his loyal audience didn't realize was that in that very room, a bomb had been rigged to explode. Elzer had timed it to detonate roughly halfway through Hitler's hour-long speech, and the bomb did go off right on cue. The only problem was that Hitler had already left the building by that point. Eager to get back to Berlin to continue his military planning, Hitler had hurried through his speech faster than expected and then departed early. In the end, Elzer's bomb killed eight people and wounded more than 60 others, but it missed Adolf Hitler by about 13 minutes. The following day, 
a Nazi newspaper hailed the event as, quote, the miraculous salvation of the Fuhrer, a phrase that would get plenty of mileage in the years ahead. All told, Hitler managed to survive at least 15 attempts on his life during World War II, some of which were carried out by the Allied forces and some by the people of Germany. Most of the would-be assassins belonged to a resistance movement, a military unit, or a political group, but not Georg Elzer. He acted alone. The 36-year-old carpenter had always despised National Socialism for the restrictions it placed on personal freedom and for its hostile treatment of the working class. But in 1938, after the Nazi annexations of Austria and part of Czechoslovakia, Elzer became convinced that the regime was even more dangerous than he had thought. It seemed to him that war was unavoidable under Adolf Hitler, so the best thing for the German people, in his mind, would be the removal of its current leadership. As he later explained during his interrogation, quote, I thought to myself that this is only possible if Hitler, Goering, and Goebbels are together at a rally. From the daily press, I gathered that the next meeting of leaders was happening on the 8th and 9th of November, 1938, in Munich, in the Burger Braukeller. Elzer took the train to Munich that fall and attended the beer hall on the day of Hitler's anniversary speech. He took note of the layout of the venue and how the event was run, eventually concluding that his best chance for killing the Fuhrer was to hollow out a pillar directly behind the speaker's podium and pack it full of explosives. He would have to wait until next November 8th to put his plan into action, but that gave him plenty of chances to prepare. At the time, carpentry wasn't paying the bills, so Elzer had to take a job at an armaments factory in Heidenheim. On the plus side, the gig provided him with a working knowledge of explosives as well as access to bomb-making materials such as detonators, powder, and fuses. In the summer of 1939, he experimented with explosives at an orchard near his hometown of Swabia. Then, in early August, he returned to Munich, rented a room from an unsuspecting couple, and began making nightly visits to the beer hall for meals. Over the next several months, Elzer hid in the hall overnight, more than 30 times. When the coast was clear, he'd emerge and set to work, hollowing out a chamber in the pillar by the stage. He concealed this growing cavity behind a secret door in the pillar's wood paneling, making full use of his carpentry and joinery skills. When the hall's doors were unlocked early the next morning, he would simply slip out the back, carrying a briefcase full of debris. Elzer installed the explosives in the pillar over the course of two nights in early November. Then, on the evening of the 7th, he made one final trip to the beer hall to make sure the clock mechanism was set correctly. Then he hopped a train out of town. The whole thing had been meticulously planned and expertly concealed. Elzer even muffled the timers and cork casings to prevent anyone from hearing them ticking. The one thing he couldn't account for, though, was Hitler's hasty departure, a twist of fate that wound up saving the Fuhrer's life. As for Elzer, he was apprehended shortly before the bomb went off while trying to cross the border into Switzerland. Customs officers had caught him with some rather incriminating items, including several notes and sketches related to explosives, as well as a postcard of the beer hall's interior. He was handed over to the Gestapo for interrogation, and the transcript from that prolonged encounter, which resurfaced in the 1960s, is how we know all these details today. 
Georg Elzer was never tried for his bombing, as any legal proceeding would have forced the Nazis to admit that an ordinary, working-class German had come this close to killing Hitler. So instead, they pinned the whole thing on the British Secret Service, a tactic meant to stir up more animosity for Germany's enemies. Meanwhile, Elzer was locked in a basement cell of the Gestapo headquarters in Berlin, where he was periodically drugged and tortured for the next year. Then, in early 1941, he was moved to the Sachsenhausen concentration camp, where he was placed in solitary confinement. Four years later, he was transferred to Dachau and executed by firing squad on April 9, 1945, just a few weeks before the war ended. Adolf Hitler followed Elzer in death just three weeks after that. He had escaped assassination numerous times, only to die by his own hand, defeated and afraid, cowering in a bunker. Elzer had once called Hitler the downfall of Germany, and in the end, he was the source of his own as well. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to pass them along by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.